We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live on the field of 68 after dark. A few teams have punched their tickets to the Sweet 16 today. A few more are in action trying to do just that right now. And of course, we have tomorrow's great slate as well. Eight more games, 16 more teams trying to get there. I'm Greg Waddell. I'm joined tonight by Laval Jordan, by Jeff Goodman. We are live, as I mentioned, on the field of 68 After Dark. We'll be here for the next hour. We are presented by our partners at Bet Rivers and by Underdog Fantasy. You can get a 100% first deposit match up to $100 with code FIELD with Underdog Fantasy. And we are live on Sirius XM Channel 84 as well. You can watch us uh, live on the Field of 68 YouTube channel as well. Join us for the afters after the show. Stick around. You can pepper these guys with questions about all the crazy action that we have seen today. It's a packed show, so we're going to get right into it, boys. Normally, I'd ask you how you're doing. We're going to jump right into the action. The biggest result of the day, Kansas goes down. Arkansas, the must bus, the shirt was off, and the Razorbacks got a huge win knocking off the defending national champions. Jeff Goodman, how did this happen? Well, it starts with the fact that uh, Bill Self wasn't on the other sideline. And, and no disrespect to Norm Roberts, who I love, and is a good coach, Bill Self is a Hall of Fame coach. Um, so I think, you know, that's part of it. Dewan Harris wasn't himself. He got hurt, and he was basically a decoy, you know, for the second half. He wasn't handling the ball. They, they had to really put Kevin McCullough at the point uh, most of the game. So, I, listen, give Arkansas credit. They, they got Kansas at the right time here. Uh, but ultimately, listen, Kansas also got a tough draw here, right? They probably should have been the number two overall seed in the Midwest where Houston was, at least playing Auburn. Yes, in Birmingham, but Auburn is not Arkansas. We, we can all agree on that. Arkansas, much higher ceiling. Uh, Devo Davis was fantastic tonight. He fouled out at the end of the game and they found a way to win with Ricky Council and uh, give much credit, man. You know, this is uh, potentially he's one win away from three straight elite eights. But again, no bill self. Wani uh, Harris hurt. It, it was kind of the perfect storm for Arkansas here. Laval, what'd you see? Yeah, it was impressive. You know, just uh, the second half of that game. I mean, Devontae Davis just took over uh he was unreal you know 21 in the second half and when they have Ricky Council and they have Nick Smith and 
you know, they have all the options. Like he, he, he turned into uh, the guy. So I, I thought, you know, Jordan Walsh, it, it was, Norm was tremendous. I, I thought Norm was great, Jeff. Like, yeah. you know, late in that game, he went to Jalen Wilson out of the timeout. Um, he went to, he ISO put KJ Adams in the middle of the court and used his speed and the undersized became the advantage. Like I thought yeah, he that didn't was, have Lonnie, right? Like he didn't yeah. have his point guard. Yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought Norm just made great calls and put guys in position. I thought he attacked the matchups. Well, I thought he attacked the foul line, uh, cause they had some guys in foul trouble. I thought he did a good job. I, I thought the 10 second call was huge. The yes, backcourt so violation. Cause, cause I was wondering in my mind, what's norm going to call here because it was you know it was time to, to to run something you know to try to go somewhere intentionally and and next thing you know it's a turnover um and so you know i thought must the other thing just from a coaching standpoint the decision to to, to sit nick smith in the second half by must i thought that that takes some courage just you know you got a really good player but their rhythm they had a rhythm before nick smith returned Obviously, he's trying to integrate him into the lineup, and he's been spotty. Uh, we, we know he's a talented player, but it was just we're better without you. And 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 a lot of coaches wouldn't make that call, um, you know. So I thought that was a a big decision, which allowed Devonte Davis to do what he did. Um, so it was a, it was a good game. And then Jordan Walsh made just winning plays. I thought defensively, he had some really good uh, defensive you know possessions against Jalen Wilson. Uh, for a young player. And then the free throw, you know, when they tied the game, the free throw tip back to council. Like he, he made one, he missed the second shot. You miss a free throw blockout. And this is when coaches lose their minds. Like free throw blockouts, you like lose it. Like you go crazy. But it was a great play by Jordan Walsh to tap the ball. Ricky Council gets it, makes the next two, game over. Um, I did think size eventually caught up with Kansas. Right, the 15 offensive rebounds, the 15 second chance points, the big put back uh, by who was it, Johnson, Kamani Johnson, you know, to go up to. I just I thought the lack of size caught him uh, eventually. Yeah, it didn't really come back to bite that much mid season. Like I was uh, before the season started, I'm like, there's no way this team can be the same caliber it was last year without a center. Like that's just not what a Bill Self team has ever I, looked like. I had like. Arkansas winning that, by the way, in my bracket. Did you? Like, Did you? From yeah, the nice I, I just thought, dangerous. Yeah, I thought they had enough, and I thought I didn't know what Dewan Harris might do, and obviously he got injured. That affected the game. I, I think that was the key to the game. I think if you had a healthy Dewan Harris in that game, Kansas wins, and he was a shell of himself. I mean, he couldn't move out there, yeah. uh, couldn't initiate offense, couldn't create for others. He made one three. But other than that, he was a non-factor, and he was just standing out there, really. Um, so I, I thought that was the biggest difference. Uh, but again, listen, give Arkansas credit because this has been a crazy year for my – I mean, think about it. They're under 500 in, in SEC play this year. Yeah. Under 500, they come in, and that's why these 8-9 games, they're, they're, they're dangerous teams as – Dicotomy Whatever you did in the regular season. season doesn't matter. Just go see Fairleigh Dickinson. Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> Just get that in. Too. Just get in. Yeah. But yeah. those eight nines are always the high major teams that generally, right, like underachieve uh, during the season. Generally, that's what they are. And Arkansas didn't really underachieve. They just didn't have their team. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, Jeff. Uh, where would you put Muss quickly, Jeff? Where would you put Muss 
nationally as far as prestigious coaches go. Obviously, he's had a bunch of Sweet 16 runs in a row. Like, people are kind of just looking at this like, this is what Must does at this point. Is that fair to say? Well, here's the thing, and I think Val can weigh in on this with Must, is because he was in the NBA, he was kind of used to new teams, right? New guys, new teams every year, you know, free agency, drafts, whatever. And then he was like, you know, all over the place. He was like overseas. So he's been used to this. And then he goes to Nevada and hits the portal hard. So this year, when he flipped basically the entire roster at Arkansas, like there aren't many guys that can handle that. And I think like Muss was one of them that not only can handle it, but almost thrives on it. But it just, it took him time again. It took him time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's been his formula since he got back into college. At Nevada, it was just, you know, he got transfers, you know, guys that the, uh, the twins that came from North Carolina State and, you know, guys like that that just – and he's again, yeah, having the NBA experience, you know, the way it is now, um, the quick turn and putting a new roster together. If you got six, seven, eight new guys, you know, he he had a, a formula for that and he's accustomed to it. So it's it's worked for him. Yeah, I've been a, a loud must skeptic through the years. I don't know what it is. If it's just the shirt off, the the stickiness to him. I've always just been like, yeah, is he more gimmick than he is coach? Not anymore. Not after this result tonight. And uh, he's, he's getting talent. Like, let's yeah. not like here's let's not mistake this. Like, hey, Rodney Terry can like there's talented dudes at Texas. Yeah. Like Norm Roberts, Norm Roberts, Bill Sell's a good coach, but like Norm Roberts can coach that team too. Like they're talented. Yeah, one hundred. Much does he's got talented. I mean, he he hadn't lacked for talent since he's got back in it. Even in Nevada, right? I mean, the Martin Twins were in the NBA last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, uh, and now, yeah, you have to make some decisions. But the biggest decision he made is like, we're going to go get players, and I'll figure the rest of it out. One hundred percent. And Jeff, you got to sit down with Mus himself after the big win earlier today. Hopefully, you did not take your shirt off in that one. I haven't seen this. Let's run that right now. All right, now joined by uh, Eric Musselman with a shirt on. Thank God. I mean, we, we, <laughs> listen, I don't need to see any more of that. I know you're in good shape. That's good and everything. But listen, uh, enough is enough. Uh, I, hey, Jeff, I, I lost my composure. When you grow up in San Diego, you walk around all the time without a shirt on in, in San Diego. No doubt. No doubt. Congrats on the win. Uh, that was one hell of a game. You know, what are you thinking at the end of the game? Devo Davis has carried you in the second half, and then he fouls out. Nick Smith's not healthy. You're without Brazil. You know, you and I saw each other in Missouri, and this has been a roller coaster ride of a year. But when Devo fouls out, are you like, how do we win this thing? Well, you know, when we were in Maui, we ran a lot of middle pick and roll with Ricky Council. And so as soon as uh, Devo fouled out, you know, I felt that either Anthony Black or uh, Ricky Council had to run middle pick and roll, and we kind of played off who each one of those guys were defended by. Uh, but we want, we wanted to put Kansas's center in a pick and roll. They were switching, and they stuck with that switch. So, you know, our our goal or our theme was to try to get downhill as much as we possibly could. You know, last year you you beat Gonzaga, number one seed. Now you take down Kansas, but it's a it's a completely different year this year. Again. Did you think you'd ever be here? I know you said, you know, we're getting better and better, but at some point this season, you had to think like, this just isn't going to happen. <laughs> well, certainly uh, the, the way we started off SEC play, Jeff, was 
was, was not, you know, good, not what we expected. We, you know, we lost it at LSU when they were rolling and, and had a great record at that time because it was the first league game. But I've never been a part of a season where everywhere we go, the building sold out. And that's been the case for us all season long. But the thing is, we have gotten better. And I told the players about two weeks before the NCAA tournament, hey, you guys, it is not that hard to be knocking on a Final Four door if you play hard and if you believe, but you can't get to that unless you make the tournament. Yeah, yeah Anthony Black played hard, battled through injuries. Nick Smith comes in at the end of the game and gives you solid minutes, even though he's he's banged up as well. What What's Nick's status? You know, kind of go through with me a little bit where he's at right now in terms of physically. Yeah, Nick's practiced really hard. He's practiced well. He did sit out yesterday's practice. Um, and then Anthony Black has, I mean, his foot is in a boot right now, uh, and it'll be in a boot for at minimum the next 48 hours. So um, he will not practice with us on, on Monday. Um, but, he, you know, Anthony's played through injuries basically, Jeff, for the last month and a half. Um, and, and, he, and he'll be ready to go. We're just going to precautionary hold him out. Uh, you know, on Monday, Sunday, the guys will be off. So they'll have a little bit of rest time, both mentally and physically. Um, so we just we just got to get ready and, and, and start our prep once we know who we play uh, tomorrow evening. That was our own Jeff Goodman with the one and only Eric Musselman. The Razorbacks are into the Sweet 16. It will be fun to watch where their season goes from here. One other team that punched their ticket to the Sweet 16 today, the Volunteers, Tennessee. Zakai Ziegler went down a couple weeks ago. I think everybody kind of wrote this team off. You look at the Bet Rivers numbers today, guys. Duke got 80% of the money coming in on the Blue Devils as a five seed against a four seed. And I tell you what, I have not seen a more physical team in one NCAA tournament game this season than what Tennessee did to Duke today. Laval, what'd you see from the Vols? Uh I, exactly that. Look, I was extremely impressed, Greg. I had him losing in the first round because they lost a point guard. I just think that's a, you watch Kansas tonight, Dewan Harris gets injured. Like when your point guard, especially on short notice, and you don't have time to, to come up with how, you know, how you're going to compensate for that. You know, I, I was extremely impressed just with the way they, they were so as physical as that game was Jeff yeah. Duke only shot seven free throws and Tennessee only shot 13. I know like, they let him play. It, you watch that film and it looks like both teams should shoot 30 free throws. I mean, but, yeah, so I thought if the game's going to be called like that, advantage Tennessee, like no doubt about it, just because of the way they play. And um, impressed that, you know, they have 15 assists with Nozakai Ziegler on, and only nine turnovers. You know, obviously, you know, Vescovi can can play, you know, can play point guard, but that's – he's better – he's been better off the ball for them. But, look, defense travels, like we, we know that. And and uh, I thought it, it, it shocked Duke a little, just the physicality of it, you know, shocked Duke a little bit. Tyrese Proctor was able to get in some space and pick and rolls late in the second half. I, I thought I thought Duke bailed him out going zone, honestly, because – and I thought the same thing in the Princeton-Missouri game because now your players don't have to necessarily make plays. Like you got Tennessee without their point guard. Now they just got to find gaps and find spaces and make you make clean passes. Yeah instead of putting pressure on them to have to make plays and like you have to break you down and beat you. Yeah. You know, so I thought they bailed them out a little bit with that decision. I wonder if part of that was because Mark Mitchell was out too, and he's one of their best defenders. 
big time athlete. I, I wonder how much that factored in the Shire's decision, but you are right. I mean, listen, I was surprised it took him as long as it did to get after Tennessee. It was almost like it was yeah. too late at that point. And, and as you said, they didn't really have a de facto point guard without Ziegler. So, you know, to me, what do you, I don't think enough college teams do this, Val. I don't think enough college teams uh, like will go after a dude like that when you know they don't have a guy who can handle pressure. Viscovi's not that. Like Zakai Ziegler was their dude who could handle the pressure. And he's a jitterbug. Like Zakai, you know, like you don't want to get up right. in the he'll blow by you. Uh, the other, on the other end, you know, it, it, I thought like pick, you know, you remember the game Where's Waldo? Yeah. Uh, the book where you're looking for the guy with the, so so that's the weak defender on the court. So you got to play a little. Where's Waldo as the court? Like you got to find Waldo, the weak link. And so I thought Viscovi when they found him, uh, you know, like Roach had he stepped him back for a three and kind of lost him. He beat him on a closeout. Um, Grandison scored on him on a one four switch and the picker. Like they should have, you know, I, I wish they would have just kept. You just got to keep picking on him. Like don't get tired of finding Waldo. That's another thing college coaches don't. And that's where, like, the former NBA guys know that. Like, Musselman even. You see that. And what does he do? He goes at the same dude over and over yeah. and over. And I feel like I don't understand why college guys don't do that. Keep going to the well. Right? Keep going to the well. There's nothing wrong with finding Waldo, Joe. <laughs> uh, fun story. I once went as Waldo for Halloween in college. There are pictures to prove that. More on that maybe in the afters portion of the show. But – uh. I, I thought they really wore down Duke's guards and Jeremy Roach was, you know, flirting with fouling out in the second half. So that may have affected it for a little. It looked like, you know, the 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 call. I thought they were gonna foul him out with five with about ten minutes left to play. It was somehow... weird. Why Shire had him in there, Greg, yeah. like in the in the first half at the end with a minute left, he picked up his third. third. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, you know what? Like, I get it. Shire, young guy, played the game, probably thinking a little bit like all right, me, you know, he's got Roach as a veteran. I'm going to trust my guy. But with a minute left in the first half, when you're like down five, to me, you got to get him the hell out of the game. Yeah, I think you're right. I also think Tyrese Proctor really just wore down as the game went on in a way that maybe Roach didn't. I don't know if that went into the decision from Shire, but uh, you got to give the Vols credit, man. Just quickly before we go to break here, I want to ask you guys both this. Is this Tennessee's region to lose at this point? Purdue has gone down. Tennessee is going to be a big favorite in their Sweet 16 game, no matter who they get. Beyond that, I mean, who are they going to get? Marquette, Kansas State, Kentucky, Michigan State. Jeff, I know you picked the Spartans. Would you still stand by that, or would you move over to Tennessee if you could flip your bracket? No, I'm I'm, I'm taking whoever comes out of that bottom, uh, that bottom part, whether it's Kentucky, Kansas State, Michigan State, or Marquette. I, okay. I still don't buy Tennessee. Again, they can obviously defend their physical. As Val said, though, here's the thing: those guys let them play, and it changes. It changes from game to game and crew to crew in the NCAA tournament. Most officials will not let them play like that because most crews, they're, they're being graded out. So a lot of crews aren't going to let Tennessee get away with, I think, what they got away with today. Okay. I had Marquette coming out of that, that side, Greg. Uh, I'm sticking with it. I just, you know, they put you in space. So if they were to match up with the Tennessee, for instance, like they eliminate some of the physicality with their movement and their spacing, uh, you know, and you're trying to play catch up. 
Okay. Uh, so two guys standing by their official picks. That's what you hear here. I'm flipping, fellas. I had Kansas State originally. Wildcats are still in it. I'm jumping ship. I'm on the Vols. I think the draw has opened up for them, and I was so impressed with their physicality today. Uh, who knows how games will be officiated in the future, but I like toughness, and that team is tough as hell. Coming up, we are going to talk about the biggest surprise in the Sweet 16. The Princeton Tigers have won two games in the NCAA tournament. That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. Let me tell you guys about our sponsor for today's episode, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 a few weeks back. When we get in the middle of college hoop season, it can be hard for me to eat and drink as healthy as I probably should be, especially in late February and March when the schedule gets really busy. But I found that I've felt better as I've made AG1 a part of my daily routine. I take AG1 in the afternoons after the coffee is worn off and once the itis post-launch is kind of set in. And what I found, my energy levels are up. It's improved my digestion. And as a result, I'm not only more efficient and productive in the most important time of the year for me and for the field of 68, but I'm working out more consistently. I just feel better. AG1 is so much more than just a greens powder. It's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of the AG1 formula with water, and I drink it every single afternoon. Done. Just like that. I also like that it only costs $3 a day. The price is right. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is the answer. They are giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Free! Just go to athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. That's athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. The link is in the description below. Check it out. Support the field of 68 and feel better about yourself. Back. It's the field of 68 after dark uh, round of 32 edition tonight, Saturday night, March 18th. We got Jeff Goodman here. We got Laval Jordan here. My name is Greg Waddell. Let's jump right back into it, fellas. This is the third consecutive NCAA tournament that a 15 seed has advanced to the Sweet 16. I'm talking Oral Roberts. I'm talking St. Peter's. Well, now Princeton is going to be thrown into that conversation for years to come. I don't really know how they did it, to be honest with you. I know that Arizona clammed up in the first game. I know that today they were the better team for 40 minutes against Missouri. I'm not the biggest Missouri believer, but you still got to give a team from the Ivy League credit that can do what they did today. Jeff, do you buy this Princeton team at all going forward, or is this just a total fluke of a run? I mean, listen, they got to go up against Creighton or Baylor. Like, that is no easy task. Arizona had its deficiencies all year. We know that, right? Two bigs, couldn't really guard. I'm not saying I expected Princeton to beat them. But again, Kirk Creesa, love him to death, but you don't know what you're going to get with him. So I just wasn't completely bought into this Arizona team being able to go deep. I thought last year's team was much better because they had Coloco who could guard multiple. He guard anybody, honestly. He could guard whatever, one through five. Um, but, you know, listen, Missouri played over its head to me most of the year. Like Dennis Gates did an incredible job with that group, you know, playing small ball. I thought the biggest thing for Princeton was that they, they got Arizona in the glass, and then they got Missouri in the glass today. An Ivy League team got a Pac-12 and, and, and an SEC team and beat both of their asses on, on the boards. And that, to me, is, like, ridiculous, if you think about it. Absolutely ridiculous. Shows the toughness that Mitch Anderson's team has, and uh, I think that was huge for them. Yeah, Jeff, this kid, Caden Pierce, 
I mean, he has seven offensive rebounds by himself. He is a beast. Uh, you know, I hope Mitch after the season can keep him at Princeton and not not him not going the portal uh, because he's a. I mean, that kid would be an All American at Princeton one day. But I, I thought that, yeah, that was the story, the glass. It was one, I thought they were too comfortable. Similar to what we just said with Duke, Tennessee. Um, like they, they Missouri went zone. When you play Princeton, like you hear the name and you immediately, as a coach, I've, I've coached against them a couple of times. Have you? First, and, and then the Princeton system, I coached against Mitch when uh, he came into Butler and I was scared to death. I was scared to death. Because you're first you don't want to schedule Princeton, right? You don't. No way. And we played them on a back-to-back. We played Friday. Oh. We played Saturday. And then we had Princeton on Sunday with no prep. <laughs> and, and so I'm I'm scared to death because your first antenna, Greg, you're just thinking about getting back door to death. Like just – and Mitch doesn't even do it as much as, as Pete Carrillo or Carmody used to. We played Northwestern a ton at Michigan, and, and all you're worried about is you just don't want to look like a fool giving up 16 backdoor cuts for layups, right? So you back off. So I thought Missouri, they backed off and got soft. Well, now they make 12 threes, right? So I thought, you know, it, that's the conundrum. It's just your antennas go up. Like you just hear Princeton and you immediately say, okay, we're not going to get backdoored. So they were too comfortable the entire game. It's 16 assists and only nine turnovers where Missouri's deal with D Gates had done a tremendous job. Like Jeff said, he's my guy. I was rooting for him like crazy. They didn't disrupt them. Like there was nothing disruptive about the game. So they were operating with a level of comfort the entire game. And how many and seconds now, they you know, you know how long they led for Missouri? 32 seconds. Yeah. And and then you they went zone again. The same thing I said about Tennessee with the zone. Like now you don't have to break you down and make plays. They're smart kids. <laughs> They're just going to move it, pass it, <laughs> shot fake, hit the middle, swing it, and somebody's shooting a wide open step in three. Um, and then when they did cut it to six, I think, a couple times, they couldn't finish with it stop. Like Princeton got them on the glass. And it was like the possession they needed to kind of get back in it, and they couldn't finish it with a rebound. Yeah, I uh, I forget who it was. Somebody sent to our Field of 68 group chat earlier a screenshot of a LinkedIn profile from one of the Princeton players who had a great game today. Uh, well, they can all certainly add to their LinkedIn profiles now. They're headed to a Sweet 16. That's pretty By damn the way, they're the only college roster good kids with LinkedIn profiles. Ryan already. Langberg. That's <laughs> who it was. Ryan Langberg's. Uh, hey. Shout exactly. out to Ryan Langberg, man. 22, 22 points. 22 <laughs> points now. He was fantastic. Uh, let's jump to another one that was a surprising game to watch play out. The result less surprising, though. Houston ends up pulling away from Auburn. Dominant second half from the Cougars. Pretty sleepwalky first half. I know there were a lot of injury concerns going on with Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shedd. It was good to see them turn it on in the second half and still have hope to advance to that final four in their hometown. Laval, uh, what helped Houston in the second half turn this around? I, I thought the most impressive thing was Traymond Marks and their bench. When Sasser and Shedd had to go out of the game, yep. they extended the lead. That is scary. If, if you're thinking about the rest of this tournament, because you think Houston has to have, look, they went to an elite eight without Marcus Sasser, but they had Jamal Shedd. Tonight, both of those guys go out for an extended period of time and they stretch the lead out. So that for me, like, I, I, I would not count them out at all when you're talking about, you know, I know a lot of people picked them and a lot of people questioned them because of the conference, you know, the level of quality of competition or whatever. 
Those dudes are legit. It is it is for real. When those two starting guards can sit down and they can extend the lead, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, and Tremont, Tremont Mark. Mark. Tremendous. He was Tremont tremendous. Mark was the guy who did it when those guys were sitting. And Mark, along with Sasser, they were out for the year last year, and it was Shed who picked it up. So I think that's that's what makes Houston special, right? They got three dudes in the backcourt that that can all go for 20. They can all kind of like Mark. I, I was unsure again with those two guys out. I was like, all right, what are they going to do at the point? And exactly. they just gave the ball to Mark and let him make plays. And he's so big and long that he was able to get to the line a bunch. And then you got Jarris Walker. Uh, he made a big shot in there. Jawan Roberts just does what he does and controls the glass. And uh, Sasser, to me, the, the biggest thing I was looking for today, number one, obviously, the game was in Birmingham. So you knew Auburn was had an advantage there. I think it pissed Houston off. I was going to say, Jeff, I was going to say exact same thing. I think that favored Houston because no. that, that's locker room material. No question. <laughs> no question. And Sasser, you know, I, I talked to somebody in that Houston program last night and today, and they said two days ago, Sasser could have come back in and played, right? He re-aggravated re that injury, but he could have come in and played uh, and, and they felt like was was fine going into today. I was still a little bit worried because you never know with an injury like this, if you tweak it, if he's going to be done for the tournament. But, you know, at this point, you got to win each game and playing Auburn. Uh, I, I just thought, again, Sasser, when he was in the game and he played like 30 minutes, was looked like himself. And that's huge for me. I picked them to win the whole thing. And, and I feel much better about it watching Marcus Sasser today. Here, here's the other thing, Greg. They, like, defensively, Auburn shot 16% in the second half for 23 <laughs> points. So, so Kelvin Sampson went in the locker room. They, they, they made the adjustments 16% and 23 points in the second half. And, and Auburn was rolling. They scored 41 in the first half. Now they were rolling. What do you think Kelvin said at halftime? Ooh, I would. Yeah. I, you can imagine. I, I might have a small idea of uh, what might've played Auburn a little bit offensively in the second half. It's that Wendell green did not realize that he is Wendell green. I just want to throw that out there. But he uh, never I, does. He, he does. Never that's does. that's part of the charm of Wendell Green. He's a great kid. I got to interview him last season. I genuinely love watching him play, but man, some of the stuff he does yeah. just makes you make well, you part of the problem is they don't have other dudes. They really right. don't. So right, right. you know, if they had some other guys, Wendell Green, like, you know, although last year they had, you know, a, a lottery pick and Wendell Green still, you know, launched plenty. Yeah, it happens here and there. And you don't want to lose confidence to uh, your point earlier about Arizona, Jeff. I mean, Kirk Reese passing up open shots in crunch time now. So who knows? Got to find a middle ground between yes. that maybe. Uh, but anyway, Houston, super impressive. Uh, I, I thought it was very good to see them do that with the health questions because I think it would be good for the sport the further this team advances. Calvin Sampson has now made four consecutive second weekends in NCAA tournament appearances at Houston. Quickly, before we uh, we wrap this section of the show, San Diego State dominated Furman today. Furman was a hot upset pick in the first round against Virginia. I had him in my Sweet 16 pre-tournament. I think a lot of others did. San Diego State was fantastic today. Are they a real threat? They're likely going to get Alabama. As we speak right now, Alabama has a 10-point lead with 14 minutes to play. Can San Diego State give them a game, Jeff? Uh, I think so just because of their defense, right? I mean, look at what they did today to, to the, the two-headed monster for, for the Paladins, um, Bothwell and Slauson. 
Slauson took five shots. Five shots all game. So they're going to make it an ugly game, and that is not what Alabama wants. So if they can control tempo, I think they can play with them for 30 or 35 minutes, and then I think eventually Alabama will be able to get going in transition. Uh, but, you know, San Diego State, they've always been great defensively. Like last year, I watched them in the Mountain West Tournament. Like, it's the same defensive team. They just can't score the ball. They added a couple dudes now, so they're not as inept offensively. But still, you know, listen, whether it was Steve Fisher, whether it's Brian Dutcher, they're 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 calling card as defense. So yeah, they're gonna give they're gonna make it tough for Alabama, but I think ultimately Alabama has enough dudes that that they'll get going. Yeah, here's the intrigue. I thought the theme of the day was just physicality, like the Tennessee game, yeah. Houston in the second half against yeah. Auburn and San Diego State against Furman. And when you look at Alabama, they when they lost to Connecticut, they got out physical. You know, Gonzaga was a shootout. It was 190. Nobody played any defense, right? When they lost to Oklahoma by a lot, they were physical, took away the space, took away the threes. Uh, Tennessee beat them, you know, Texas A&M beat them. So when they've struggled, it's been against teams that have been ex- played with extreme physicality, which would San Diego State would fall in that category. Uh, so that's an intriguing thought matchup, you know, if San Diego, like Jeff said, if they can find enough points, uh, points off their defense or whatever, and, you know, that was the impressive thing in round one um, because I didn't know how the College of Charleston game would go. San Diego State scored the ball in that one. Uh, but you know their defense is going to be there. You know they're going to be physical, and that's kind of been a little bit of uh, you know Alabama's you know nemesis in the games they struggled in. Yeah, one hundred percent, Jeff. You mentioned they made some key additions that have helped them offensively. One guy who helped them immensely tonight, Micah Parrish, off the bench, sixteen points for Parrish, uh, two threes that he chipped in. He's been good for them in a lot of spots this year. I think that'll be a really interesting matchup if it does end up being Alabama San Diego State. That's one to keep an eye on. Don't necessarily assume that Alabama will have their way with the Aztecs. All right, coming up, guys, we're going to talk about the three Big Ten teams who were in action tonight. Two of them that have wrapped, one that is uh, coming down to the wire here with 12 minutes left. That's next on the field of 68 After Dark. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, great. All right, guys, we, we we were just talking about San Diego State. And uh, if you think San Diego State could actually 
give Alabama a run for their money, maybe advance a little deeper in this tournament. The one place that you could tell us that you could get a second crack at your bracket if it's already busted is with Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is hosting a Sweet 16 pool for us, just for us, because if you're like me, you're an idiot. I picked Arizona to win the national championship oh, this year. We all know how that went. Uh, listen, Jeff, I uh, I fell for the Kirk Reese thing. It is what it is. But listen, there's a $500 prize pool for the Sweet 16 Challenge, so I have a chance to make my money back, and so do you. Make sure you check out Run Your Pool if you need to host any bracket challenge or pool. They have more than 50 game types for every single sport you can think of, from traditional bracket pools to survivor games, squares, pickaxe games. And the one that I'm loving right now, the head-to-head games. The scoring is customizable. You can tailor your rules to your liking. So make sure that you go check it out at play.runyourpool.com slash field68. That is F-I-E-L-D-6-8. And get your picks in before the Sweet 16 tips off next week. Kid from Maryland's bloody. Yeah, he got nailed. Reese, I mean, Reese, uh, Reese got hit. Ooh. I don't know who it was. Hey, in the chat, let's get some likes in there. We got a lot of people in there. Uh, Get some questions in there. Hit that like button. And uh, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll do something good uh, here in Vegas. We got to do a a giveaway uh, at some point in Vegas. We got to do something good. I got to think about it. So hit that like button, everybody. And uh, you can give me suggestions, too, in the chat for what you want to see us do. And, and it, it can't be something too crazy in Vegas. Jeff, I want to see you poolside in Las Vegas, mimic the Eric Musselman, rip no, the shirt off celebration. That. That's what that. I want to see. That's what I want to see. I've been eating too much shit out here. <laughs> well, that, there's nothing know else that. to do on the off days but eat shit. We know that for sure. All right, guys, we are live here on the Field of 68 After Dark. Uh, as Jeff mentioned, if you're watching us on YouTube, throw us a like, click subscribe, jump in the comment section. We will stick around after the show for the afters where you can say anything and ask us anything before we wrap the show. We got Laval Jordan here. We have Jeff Goodman here. My name is Greg Waddell. Let's get into the late games tonight. I want to start with Penn State and Texas. I'll just call it what it is. I've had a love affair with this Penn State team, Jeff, ever since you and I saw them in Chicago at this tournament, what Shrewsbury was doing, the way those guys have played around Jalen Pickett. I just kept, I kept calling it this. They would hit you and hit and hit and hit. You could not knock them out. They're going to go 12 rounds. I think we saw that tonight. Texas had a double digit lead for much of the game. And they just wouldn't go away. They stormed back, take a late lead. But ultimately, Dylan DeSue was phenomenal. Best player on the floor tonight. I thought he won Texas that game. Jeff, what did you make of this back-and-forth affair and ultimately the Longhorns prevailing? That's been the biggest. Dylan DeSue has been awesome over the last, really, month or so for the most part. Uh, Think about this. First 16 games. and, And remember, he's been hurt. He was hurt last year transferred from Vandy. So really, uh, they didn't have a, a, a big last year. Remember, Trey Mitchell left the team. So that was a big hole for Texas. And he averaged six and a half points and three rebounds a game through the first 16 games of the year. Last five, 18 and nine. 18 and nine. This is a completely different Texas team because, again, they've got all these guards, we know. They've got a skill forward in Timmy. They've got a lot. Dylan Mitchell is just a great energy, 
you know, freshman who who just does whatever the team needs him to do. So I, I think the one thing I was always worried about was up front. Could they score? And Dsu also gives them a little bit of rim protection, which they need desperately. So uh, listen, Roddy Terry, twenty one and seven. I, I think it's time. Is I'm, it his I'm job, ready. Jeff? Is tonight the night? It's his tonight job. Tonight is the night. I said I'll, that I'll, early I, on. I'll, I'll I said, it. "Give that man." Like, what do we? What do we want here? <laughs> now, again, I will say this, Val, and I'm gonna I'm gonna remain steadfast on this. I would still give him a lower buyout. I would not give him crazy money because I still wonder: Glad. is he the right guy? You Just want to because you recruit again, Jeff? You recruit? Go ask Booby Gibson and TJ Ford and Kevin Durant and well, PJ Tucker. There are like, other dudes on that staff. Frank Haith got some dudes too. <laughs> that, that wasn't that wasn't just him, but yes, I know he, he did. Part he of didn't do staff. it alone. I'm not saying right. that. No, they had a hell of a staff back then. Uh, but I, I listen. I think it's time. I just think if I'm Chris Del Conte, here's the deal: you're not going to get Scott Drew. You're not. You're not getting Kelvin Sampson. His buyout is too big, and he's not coming anyway. So ultimately, what are we talking about here? You know, the the Paul like like just give him the job because you're not getting you're not getting Billy Donovan or any of those dudes. So give him the job now. Just make it a, an affordable buyout in two years. That if he's average the next two years and they don't get in the NCAA tournament or something like that, you don't have to pay him a crazy buyout. That's the only thing I would do. But I would give him the job. Right now. Yeah, why why wouldn't you? I mean, all those guys would be excited for for him. I mean, he, he loves Texas. He knows the state. He loves he loves the university. He's been there for a long time. You know, he's got roots there and he's coaching. Look, we you just talked about this earlier. Like a lot of you know, coaches don't do this. Give give Rodney Terry an enormous amount of credit for going back to the well. I've done it. You, you get guilty. Like you go there, it's working. You go to Dylan DeSue, he scores. You run the, you like, you don't run the same play just for milking. I thought Tubby Smith was great at this. He would milk. He would just milk it until you figured out how to stop it. Right. Um, give Rodney Terry credit. They got all the guards, but he just said, we're going to milk this until they figure it out. Cause they got no base. That's a really good coach. <laughs> it's like, he's got 28 points at the end of the night because they're small. They play small ball. And, you know, I love Micah, and Micah's done a tremendous job. But, you know, it's hard to figure out. You know, I'm rooting for Micah, but I picked Texas to win the national championships in my bracket. So, but but I mean, give Rodney credit for just going back to the well, milking it until you know Penn State and and, and could figure it out. You know, and I thought the matchups, obviously, you know, putting Timmy Allen on, um, uh, I can now put his name on, yeah, on Pickett. You know, and, and not switching as much. You know, great decision because of the size and the length, and just making it difficult, you know, for him to norm do what he normally does. Yeah, I, I don't know how you look at the last two and a half weeks of results. Like, beat Kansas twice, win the Big Twelve tournament, watch the players mob him after the game. You can see how much they love and care about him, and now make a second weekend. It's his job. Let's just be honest. It is what it is. Let's move on. There's another one that was big tonight: Northwestern, UCLA, and once again a trend here. A Big Ten team that I've fallen in love with breaks my heart. Tonight, it was Boudarius Mozart Bowie. I've said for weeks, he plays music. He doesn't play basketball. He did his best down the stretch to bring Northwestern back into it with a heavy dose of Chase Audige, his sidekick tonight. But UCLA was just so damn solid, guys. And I have just looked at their numbers this year. I've looked at the results. I've said I don't trust this team. 
now that I'm seeing it under the bright lights, it's time for me to trust this team, Laval. Can UCLA win a national championship? Without, you know, Jalen Clark, it's it's tough. But look, they all still play for Mick Cronin. They're all still held to the same standard uh, and held to the same level of accountability. I, I thought, you know, just they you know, they did what they do. They, they can win in the 50s. They can they can grind you out. And it's, you know, it's going to be a tough, tough out. I thought Northwestern um, had a good game plan, you know, and, and Jaime Jaquez is just – He's just really, really awesome. seems like he's been in college forever, but he's just a winner. I mean, he's just a flat out winner. You know, anytime they get in a pickle, you have that guy to go to. So that, that gives you a lot of confidence about advancing in these next couple rounds because they have somebody they can go to. Adem Bona affected the game. It was good to see him back out there uh, defensively. And Northwestern, you know, look, the guard, the two guards, you know, were, were, were really good. I thought, they um they went at that they, they thought Jaime was Waldo. They went at him and then they stopped. And I was trying to figure out why. <laughs> because when they caught him on an island, you know, on the switch, they 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 got good creation and, and had some good shot opportunities out of it. And then they they went one five ball screen again and, and Northwestern or UCLA was hard hedging or trapping. Um, but you know, heck of a season for those guys. So can UCLA do it? I, I hate. I would hate to say no because they can grind you out, and then they got Hawkes. But don't you need how how many guys do you, don't you need like? And now Singleton's hurt. So yeah. now if he's not out back, if he's out for an extended period, that that changes, that's done. a game changer. They're done. But they're I, they're done Hawkes. though. We're saying we're saying done. Like well, if they're, they done, lose, they're, they're done. done as far as having a chance to go to a Final Four. I don't think they can beat Gonzaga. Uh, without without Singleton. I think you're down to, like, what are we going to do? Eventually, we're going to have just Hawkes and friggin' Tiger and nothing else. They still point. got Amari Bailey, who was fantastic He's awesome. Tonight. He actually, yes, you're right. Amari yeah. Bailey has impressed me so much over yeah. really the whole year for the most part, and he was hurt. But, like, who was the kid last year? Who was the freshman last year that left after a year and he did nothing for you? Uh, Peyton Watson. Yeah, he was terrible. Terrible yeah. and left. Yeah. And didn't really buy in. Completely. Like Amari Bailey has completely bought in. He was defending tonight. He he's become like a decent third option offensively. I just think again, they were thin to begin with, and they lose Jalen Clark. And now their best shooter, probably in David Singleton. So your best defender's done. Your best shooter, I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but it didn't look good as he basically was carried out, helped off the court. So I don't think UCLA, uh, but I love how they, how hard they play. Man, do they play hard as shit. So here's why I'm not writing them off, Jeff. I think that in both of their next two games, obviously we got to see how the draw breaks out, but we would expect Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, barring an upset. And Kansas just went out tonight. So if you're looking at Arkansas, probably UConn, right? I think no matter who those teams are, they play in the next two games. UCLA's top three is better than their opponent's top three. And I understand four it's and five. It's going to be almost every night. Their top three is going to be better than almost everybody, Greg. I don't care about that. I care about four, five, six. Four, five, six. Like, do they even have a four? Like, Bona, and he can't even stay out of foul trouble. Imagine him against Sonogo and Klingon. He'll be out of the game in eight minutes. 
Yeah, I think UConn would be the most dangerous matchup, but like Gonzaga is not a tough defensive team, right? Like I think guard, those three guys would be enough. Can he guard Timmy? Like how quickly will Timmy follow him out with all those up and unders yeah. and all that un, un, unorthodox bullshit? Like no way. Like they're going to have trouble. I, I just don't see it with UCLA. I'd be shocked. I think UCLA would be a favorite in that game, even given the injury situation. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. If they draw UConn, I agree with you. That's a scary matchup to me right now, but they might not draw UConn. UConn still has to win a few games. And with Arkansas in upset mode, right? Like if we end up, if they have Gonzaga and Arkansas back to back, I'm taking UCLA in both those games. And I have not been a UCLA believer this season, but shit, man, Tiger Campbell, Jaime Hawkins, how many times have they been in these spots? Listen, I picked them to win it all in the preseason. I love them when they're healthy, but last I checked, they're as banged up as anybody in the field that's left right now. Yeah, that's very fair. All right, we'll have to wait and see uh, what comes next for this Bruins team. All right, guys, coming up on the field of 68 after dark, we're going to preview the games for tomorrow. Guess what? There's still eight more college basketball games in the round of 32 tomorrow. This is why this sport is the best. This is why this time of year is the best. That's next on the field of 68 after dark. Jeff, I got a question for you. Do you ever get tired of trying to prove that you're smarter than Rob Doster? No, I, I never get tired of it. I mean, it's so easy. <laughs> I got to say, I've never really seen you fatigued in trying to do that. Yeah. But, uh, well, if you were tired ever, I do have an answer to your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all of your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends, keep track of the results, and prove that you, Jeff Goodman, are in fact the smartest person in this network. Vaulted will also be releasing more than 50 pools in the next three months, so you can download the app at the link in the description. Sign up for your three-month trial and store your predictions now and forever. Vaulted, great partner. Great name, by the way. Big fan of Vaulted here. Uh, All right, guys, we're back. Field of 68 after dark. Let's talk tomorrow. Great slate tomorrow. A lot of games that uh, if you look at our partners at Bet Rivers, what they have lined up for this, a lot of games in the pick'em range. As a better, responsibly, I like that because I just get to pick what team I think has the better matchup. I get to responsibly put some money over at Bet Rivers on it. What game are you most excited for on Sunday, Laval? Most, uh, that's tough. There's a there's a couple of them for different reasons, but I, I would say I'm most intrigued. I'm most intrigued by the Connecticut St. Mary's game um, because, right. like, we about, here. like, like we talked about today, the physicality. Like St. Mary's is physical. Those big guys inside, and they are one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the country. And Connecticut's one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. Some something has to give, and Connecticut's physical too. So I think that's just going to be a bloodbath. Um, I've got Connecticut winning it, but I, I am, you know, Aiden Mahaney didn't do much in round one, and we know he's got game, uh, so he could show up and just you know go for twenty and look like you know the next NCAA uh, you know star. Um, the other one that uh, I'm intrigued by is is TCU Gonzaga because I think it's going to be a track meet. First one to 90 wins, <laughs> um, and I had TCU coming out of that side. I just I just like them, so I'll be curious to see the final score in that one. First of all, because it's going to be up and down, and and the big guys from Gonzaga got to keep up with the pace. 
because that's going to be, you know, a faster pace than maybe what they're used to playing. You know, I can't wait to see the, the UConn game. I'm here in Albany, and uh, Mitchell Saxon was great in their first-round game against VCU. He's got to stay on the floor, though. Like, that. that's the one thing I worry about. He's got size. Who's officiating that game? Who's repping that game, Joe? <laughs> Who's repping that game? Good question. Good question. That's going to – honestly, it's going to matter. If it's Jeffrey – they can't put Jeffrey Anderson on UConn again, <laughs> can they? They cannot do that. I mean, honestly, for those that don't know – you know, Hurley got uh, upset at Jeffrey Anderson during the game earlier in the year. He called him something that I'm not going to repeat. Uh, but but as an NCAA coordinator of officials, if you're put Jeffrey Anderson could work one of 32 games, okay, and you put him on that game. You know, to me, what's his name? Rastetter? Rastetter is his name? Chris Rastetter? He's new? You did that on purpose. You had to have done that on purpose. There's no other reason for it. So there's no way he can be on this game. Um, I love the Creighton-Baylor game because yeah. it's going to be so eye-pleasing in terms of the offense run. These are two of the best uh, offensive teams to me. We'll see if Creighton makes shots. That's a key, obviously, for, for Mac. Um, and Baylor, we know, can score the shit out of it. They just don't. Here's what I love about that game. Here's the thing I'm watching in that game because I thought the same thing in, in the NC State game. Creighton doesn't allow twos. Cogburner's sitting back there. So my intrigue is you got the best guards and some of the best guards in the country that can shoot, pull up jumpers and threes against the drop. Yep. And that's what Creighton's going to be in. So, right. you know, that's intriguing because they're not changing what they do. Cogburner's standing in the paint. You got to pray. You got to almost pray that Flagler and Cryer, one of them are off. Because if they're both on, you're done. You're you're absolutely done. And Keontae George, more of a scorer than a shooter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be a fun one. Michigan State, Marquette, Greg, I got Michigan State going to the Final Four. Yeah. I just, you know, to me, it's it's Tom Izzo and guards, baby. And uh, I know Val, Val's got Marquette. Marquette's got guards. They do. If anyone can guards. find a way to stop – the Marquette offense, no, I, Izzo can do it. That's what <laughs> right. I'm saying. In a one-day prep, it right. is to do it. Right. I mean, you don't want to go up against Michigan State in a one-day prep. Shaka has not had much success in the tournament since the first four to final four run, and we know what Izzo can do. He does more with less in the tournament than anybody, and they don't have, like, a pro, but they just got a lot of good players. Well, got, here's, the other, here's the other storyline. Joey Hauser was at Marquette. That's, yep. Yes. Yeah, it feels like a hundred years ago. Well, he gets yep. a little revenge. The, yep. the thing, Greg, is is this where, why I put Marquette going as far as I put them. They showed they could win a game, a couple games in the fifties, and sit down and pl and play deep. The Big East tournament, they won with their defense, and it was their offense all season long. When they went to Creighton at Creighton, huge game, huge win. They did it with their defense. And it wasn't the offense. So once once you kind of saw that come out of them, and and then the Big East tournament, they seemed to like proving people that they could, the proving the people that they could do that. I, I was sold. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I will say, you know, I got to bring it back to my sports betting perspective here. I'm shocked that this is like a two point spread. I mean, I think Marquette is pretty clearly objectively a much better basketball team than Michigan State has been this year. I love I it even more now. I love Michigan State even more now that you told me that. I, well, like, right, because they're trying if to I, bait. If I could bet, I would throw, I would throw so much money down on Michigan State. 
Yeah, they're they're trying to bait people into Marquette, which is a terrifying thing. I do think like, look, the Izzo stuff you guys are saying is accurate. And I think it's even more accurate when you think about who this team is and how they're built to win. Because the last couple of years, like he hasn't made tournament runs, but he hasn't really had dudes that Right. mesh together in a way that would make me think they can make a tournament run. I think the reason you picked them so far, Jeff, is because this team has three elite shooters that right. are on the floor most of the game. Like they're 45% three-point shooters that get a bunch of attempts up, surrounded by one of the best assist guys in the country. The truth is with this team, if they had any sort of threat whatsoever at center, everyone in care. the world would be on. I don't think I care. I wanted to see Hauser at the oh, five. That's that, no, they, the damn five. And make they've the gotten beat up on that. Team. They've gotten beat up on that. All I don't down care. I, Marquette's not going to beat you here's up the, that here's, much. Here's, here's yeah, they will. Thing. To, to oh. Greg's point though, here's what's going to happen. Trade threes for twos. Marquette's going to switch everything. So now some of those passes aren't there. Yes. AJ Hauser's going to have to try to break down also, or you're going to have to play small, big versus small against the matchup against the switch. Because they're oh. not going to come out hedge and give AJ all these lines of vision. But Walker can get in the seams. That's the one thing is Walker yeah, yeah. can do that. So, so you, yeah. might have, you might have to rely on on Walker with the ball in his hands a little bit more. And I think again, he was a guy that played a lot of point in his career oh, before. Right. So you got. I just like him. They got two guys that can play the point. Aikens is much better. He's healthy now. He's better. Hauser's a veteran who shoots the, the crap out of it. And like Malik Hall's Malik Hall, like you saw. Hauser in that one because because he can play the one four switch and he can actually make decisions out of the post. Yeah. And they can throw it to him and let him pass or score. Like he has to be the guy that plays out of his mind yep. to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'll be an interesting one. I think uh, I feel that being a close game. I don't think either team pulls away in crazy fashion. But uh, if I'm Marquette, Game plan for me is make A.J. Hogard beat me, like you said, Laval. Switch everything, make him attack off the bounce, try to get his own offense instead of set other guys up. And I think Marquette has the stuff to do that. We haven't talked at all about Miami, Indiana. That's a really interesting one for me with how Trace Jackson Davis is playing right now. Uh, Jeff, I know you've seen Indiana quite a bit this year. A lot of people had Miami losing first round to Drake. Who do you like in that matchup? So can I tell you, I had a really good conversation with Trace last night and, and it was interesting because I asked him, maybe I shouldn't have, but I, I asked him the right way of like, why all of a sudden have you played like a man possessed this year? Because the knock on Trace, as we know, is like kind of soft in the past, didn't play hard all the time. And uh, luckily he wasn't offended and didn't try to punch me, first of all. Uh, but he had a great answer. And, and I think one of the things he, he went to and his answer was when he was hurt this year, his back was hurt for a while. And, uh, and he said he wasn't able to rely on his athleticism and it kind of changed the way he played. He played harder, number one, because again, he wasn't able to rely on and he played smarter. And he said, that's part of the reason why he became a better passer. You know, again, he wasn't able to do some of those same things. And, and man, like, that's the difference between Indiana and Purdue to me, right? Neither one, Greg, we talked about this at, at the Big Ten tournament a little bit, is neither one of great shooters, but Trace gets dudes wide open, uncontested shots all the time. He can bring the ball up off the glass, push it, and, and he just, like Zach Eady, when he got doubled or tripled, yeah, he would he would kick it out, and that's fine. Trace gets guys like easy buckets, easy layups. Every he just 
he makes life and I was Miller cop was saying that he's like, it's so easy playing with him this year. So I like Indiana in this game. I, I really do. I think Jalen Huchifino is going to have a big game here. And then we're going to get the matchup of Indiana against Kelvin Sampson in Houston. Ooh, please yeah. sign me up for poor that. Kelvin. Poor Kelvin. It, why poor Kelvin? Because he's going to get all the questions. I, I mean, think it's, I think that's poor Indiana. I think Indiana fans are going to be sick after that. They just game. dealt with this with Rob Senderoff. Like yeah. that's the craziest part. They put Indiana up against first round Rob Senderoff, and then Sweet Sixteen, freaking Kelvin Sampson. No, they don't. They don't ever do this shit on purpose. Yeah, that's brutal. Laval, we got less than a minute left here, but what do you like in that game, Miami Indiana? I, you know, I, uh, Nigel Pack's an Indiana kid. He'll be fired up for that one. Uh, he's from Lawrence Central High School here, so he'll he'll be jacked up and ready to go, and he's a good player. The guards, I, I don't, you know, how will Miami handle Trace? I, I, you know, they haven't. There's nobody like that in the ACC uh, that they've seen, and so you know, will, if they double that with the scramble, I know Coach L. Laval, I'm going to take this back. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. We're going to wrap the show here for Laval Jordan for Jeff Goodman. My name is Greg Waddell. Uh, and we will be back tomorrow on the Field of 68 After Dark. Laval, that's that's the one. I just stuck you with a turnover with the shot clock pointed <laughs> out right really there. Did. That's on me. No, that's, that's on so me. Bad. That so, was bad. So that was bad. Let's, hey, I got one text from Rob. I got one text from Rob Doster before the show. He said, don't F this up. I just effed it up. I'm sorry. I, I hate That's it. okay. Laval, Laval, we'll let you finish your point, and then we'll go to our underdog underdog guy here so go ahead and finish what you're, you're that's all i think yeah i was just gonna say that's key to the game i don't know you know what miami's gonna do versus trace uh, i think the guards uh, are matched up well you got two things going on no xavier johnson so who's gonna guard isaiah wong like because that's their best perimeter defender yeah uh, and then what's miami do with trace because i don't know if they can play him straight up <laughs> Nothing. You know what you do with Trace? You have to give him. You have to give him his his twenty five, fifteen, and five. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think ultimately he's shown in the Purdue game at Purdue that he could play the background. Yes. And and let you know Huchifino or if they were double teaming, you know he had seven assists in that game, and so that was a mature game for him. I think a huge growth step for him and for their team. Um, and I know early on, Greg, this was like November, you had the Indiana fans firing, you know, shots at me because you had a little contender pretender going on. The thing they weren't doing back then that they're doing now, they weren't guarding anybody. That, yeah. Like they weren't defending like they are now. They they really ramped up their defense. Race Thompson's back. So, you know, I think they get him on the glass. Race, was, Race played the best game of the season for him. Played last tremendous year. in the first round. So I think ultimately they get him on the glass. And and the bigs at the rim, you know, unless Miami just goes crazy from three, like just makes a ton of. And threes. Norchad, the kid Norchad looks like he's like six six and a half in person. Yeah. So like I just don't know how he he's but, tough as shit. Like Purdue, like they could match with small ball, right? Right. You know, they like they can move. Trace is mobile. You know, if they're pressing Trace, you can throw it to Trace. He can bring the ball up the court. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing with him now. Like yeah. he's so tough to guard. Because he's so athletic. Like, I don't think people realize how athletic he is until you see him in person. Like, it's it's insane. Oh, he's one of a kind. The same way that Zach Eady is one of a kind and how just monstrous he is, right? Like, Trace is that as an athlete. Yes. And when you combine the passing and the rim protection, 
Like, I, I don't about know. The big thing, Greg. They got two chances. They got Michigan State and Indiana. Like, so that's all you got left. Yeah, story of uh, my life. <laughs> right? You, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's not the same days as when you were back in that conference. We know that. Back in the day, uh, we used to have three, four shots a year, it seemed like, to make a Final Four. This year, it's like, can anybody make the round of 32? Can anybody make a Sweet 16? I don't know, man. Uh, sad times, sad times for the little 10, but Hey, uh, I want to hear a word from our sponsor real quick from, uh, underdog. Let's go to that right now. Today's episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pickup where you can get a little extra sweat during March madness and win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's games and pick them. All you do is predict whether a player will go higher or lower on underdogs projected totals whether that's points rebounds whatever for example if you're like me and you think zach Eady is going to go nuts in this tournament pick higher on his points projection add up to four more picks and if you hit them all you can win 20 times your money on a single game underdog slick mobile app is easy enough that dummies like jeff goodman have even figured it out so go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code Field F I E L D and underdog will match your deposit up to a hundred bucks. Now is the time to get in on the madness. So remember, underdogfantasy.com promo code field. The afters portion of the show. I hear the chat mob has been cooking all show long. Uh, it's time to take your questions. Go ahead and throw whatever you got at us for the next 15, 20 minutes or so. Let's welcome on our producer Dagan in Dagan. What's going on? Gentlemen, hello. Wonderful job this evening so far. We're not done yet, so I'll hold off on my wonderful job for the whole show until the end. Um, but there's been a few uh, few questions in the chat about games we didn't hit on for tomorrow. Uh, one here from Brock. He wants to know you guys' take on Pitt and Xavier. Tomorrow, obviously, Sean Miller. Some storylines there. What do you guys think of that game? That, that one's interesting because, uh, you know, Xavier, obviously, they snuck, they snuck by. Kennesaw State had the game won. Guy Amir, I was rooting for him like crazy. They put the foot off the gas a little bit, like they had it. And um, and so and Pitt, I picked Pitt to win their first round matchup. Uh, I picked Xavier to beat them in this second round. That was my but they have something, you know, they got momentum right now. I just think you know that matters in the tournament, right, Jeff? Like yeah. they just I, I, they're just kind of figuring out a way to keep advancing, and that's what the tournament's about ultimately i mean it doesn't have to look good you just got to figure out a way to keep moving on and so i i, I feel good about pit even though i picked xavier is that, is that sound crazy I no mean, because you just saw them squeak it out and you're like man but sometimes that's what you need right to give you a little bit of a wake-up call and i just don't know if sule boom and, and kobe jones have another poor first or half like they did the first half against Kennesaw I think they're too good for that um I, I don't know I mean again I think it's a little bit of a toss-up game but I I would go with Xavier in this one just because again the guard play is so good with those two guys and I would say this how the game is called will matter because because Xavier's a good free throw shooting team yeah and Pitt's going to make it you know it, it, they're going to have to play in the mud uh, that's a, that's the kind of game they're gonna they have to make it to in order to win it, uh, and if they if it's a Tennessee Duke thing and they don't that there's gonna be seven free throws on the Xavier side, like advantage Pitt, you know. So it depend, you know, that's gonna matter in in that one. 
teams in the NCAA tournament are shooting eight for 44 combined from three against Pittsburgh right now. Wow. That, that's not going to continue, though. I don't think like I, you watched that Iowa State game, Jeff. It wasn't like this was contested. No, three. Iowa State wasn't good the last yeah. half of the year. I mean, like the job TJ did early carried them obviously into the NCAA tournament as a good seed. But like, yeah. You know, again, sometimes there's a little bit of luck, right? I mean, look, look at what you, Pittsburgh you got Mississippi State, and then Iowa State. Those are those are two favorable matchups. Well, what's the thing about both of those teams though? They both struggle to score. They can't yeah. shoot. Xavier does not. Shoot. <laughs> Xavier does not. will not do that. Yeah, that's yep. the thing, right? I, I just I like Xavier in that one. Um, I, I think I think the the pit run here, which has been incredible, and. You know, Jeff Capel saved his job this year, clearly. A bunch of guys did. I mean, Capel, Chris Collins, the former Duke guys. How about all the former Duke guys saving their jobs this year? Um, kind of crazy. Yeah, just uh, maybe two years too late to make a bid for that that job. Something like that, Jeff? I don't know. I'll be early, too. Think about it, all three of those yeah. dudes. Right. Crazy. Crazy. All right, what else we got, Dagan? Uh, here's another game. We won't necessarily focus on the game. We can, but uh, somebody asked in the chat, where uh, – what would or let me just see how I want to phrase this because it wasn't really a question. What high major jobs could Dusty May get if the uh, Florida Atlantic continues to advance here? I don't think there's anything right now. I, I, you know, I think honestly, like maybe he should be in the mix for Notre Dame. Val, he's an Indiana guy. I don't know if a Notre Dame, you know, is going to hire an Indi a former Indiana manager, but why not? Um, he's done. An unbelievable, like, I don't think people realize I was just there a month or so ago, how bad that job is. The only good thing is it's near the beach in Boca, but the facilities suck. The resources suck. Uh, and, and he wants to stay there. He told me, he's like, listen, everybody thinks I'm going to Ole Miss at that point because nobody knew beer was going to actually be able to get the Ole Miss job. And he's like, I'd much rather stay here than go to Ole Miss for double or triple the money as long as they kind of do some things here for the facilities and the resources, because our own Matt McCall, he was an assistant there 12 years ago. And I actually just saw Deuce, Mike Jarvis, the second here in, in Albany. And he said the same thing. He said, they have not changed anything in 15 years at, at, at FAU. So they got to step up. Uh, right now, and 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 do some things for Dusty May. They're changing conferences, there. right? Aren't they changing leagues? Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. They're going up a league. So can I? Let me ask you guys this, because uh, a, a guy that I love, Drew Valentine, just experienced this, right? Like ha had things rolling at Loyola, goes up a league. I don't think there was necessarily an opportunity for him to jump at a different job prior to this year. But if you're Dusty May. Like, is that a consideration? Like, should he be looking to get out before this Florida Atlantic team jumps up a level in competition? Well, the good thing for Dusty is Houston's leaving. <laughs> so he doesn't have to deal with them. <laughs> Except Memphis to deal with, and they just beat Memphis. <laughs> so where can he go? Like, the, the problem is right now, there's only a few high major jobs open. Like, can he get Wichita State? Probably not. So, like, what's open that fits Dusty May? He's going to stay hot for another year. There's going to be more openings, you know, like, you know, Cal's open. Well, like, yes, it fits Dusty in some ways, but he's not going all the way to Cal. They're probably going to hire a West Coast guy. So 
I think Dusty, if you you sit a year, you you get a new contract worth a million a year at, at FAU right now, keep your buyout low, which it will be anyway, because at those places, Val, you know this, it's not, like even Pat Kelsey, you know, his buyout's probably going to be 1.5 mil. So any high major that wants Pat Kelsey or Dusty May, if they want him that bad, they're going to pay a buyout of 1.5 million. That makes sense. Okay. Interesting. Um, Hey, we didn't talk about Alabama at all up until this point in the show. There's two minutes left in this game. They are up by 18 points on Maryland. It's safe to say the Crimson Tide will be advancing to take on San Diego State. Uh, Look, I've watched every game in this tournament thus far. Alabama is so far and away clearly the best team in the country to me right now. And I think we knew that. But I think the way the last month of their season went – had people rightfully concerned about whether or not they would play to their ceiling in this tournament through two rounds. It certainly feels like they're trending right in that direction. And I mean, we've already seen two one seeds go down. Houston was down 10 points at half today. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if Alabama just runs the table here comfortably to a national championship. Laval, is that a crazy hypothesis that I have right now? Are they that far ahead from the rest of the field in your eyes? That's not crazy because of their their talent. I mean, and then when when things happen, you you kind of pay attention to this, right? Jeff is when things happen, like when Houston stretches out a lead with the two guards out of the game. You gotta you gotta take note of that. When Alabama beats you and Brandon Miller doesn't score, you have to take note of that because he's not gonna have too many days where he doesn't score. <laughs> he's got nineteen tonight. And then, and then Quinterly's been playing like, you know, the the, the good Javon Quinterly. They're defensively is where they are way better than, you know, I think people talk about it. Um, but, you know, what they've done to Maryland tonight defensively. Um, and they haven't, they haven't been great on offense. They've just found a way. They've gotten themselves to the foul line. You know, they're, they're talent, they're, 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 they, I think they are the best overall team. Um, now, again, you got to play the game. You got to win the games. And, and they've kind of figured out how to get those games done. The ones that where they've struggled has been the extremely physical, you know, defensive teams, uh, which they'll run into against San Diego State here next. And but they're going to guard it up. too. Hey Val, this sums up Alabama, right? All right. Yeah. Uh, Pringle had 19 and 15 last game. He's played uh, two minutes tonight. Two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> Like, that's a luxury. That's how much that's luxury. I was talking to Nate earlier today. I actually talked to him this morning. And and I was just like, the one thing you have that nobody else has is just like, if somebody isn't playing well and Pringle picked up two quick fouls, they're not going to play. Like, you know how important that is because you didn't have that last year at Butler, right? You had no dudes. You, you were hurt, banged up, and – a few years ago, you had it. You had some depth and were able to, to win a lot of games because you could utilize that depth. It's so important uh, to me. Like, everybody says you only need seven or eight guys. Yeah, you only need seven or eight. It's great to have ten who can play. Yeah. And you get to determine you have some outliers. Like, somebody like, uh, you know, what was it, come one, it's like averaging six points a game, and all of a sudden – you got 28, you know, you have those outliers. We, we had Spike Albrecht at Michigan, like somebody just, just out of nowhere. Um, 
you know, he, he, he shows up. But they got to be capable. You're right, Jeff. You got to have enough depth and know that the guys are capable. Even if they don't get to do it all the time, you know, they have it in them. Uh, Alabama has that. But I think they – the other side is they're going to run to San Diego State. Well, Alabama play – they defend too now. So, San Diego so you got to figure out how you – you know, how you're going to do it they're on so both. They're so athletic. They're so yeah. damn athletic. You know, that that's the one thing. Their size up front and their athleticism up front. Yeah, I would say so they're the favorite – like they're the favorite, you know, at this at this point in time. Them in Houston. I, I still think it's Alabama and Houston. Now that Marcus Sasser showed me that he is close to 100 percent again. Down 10 at half to Auburn, though. Yep. I'm still listen. Ugh, I'd be selling I'm still that taking shot. them. They've they've been they've been to the tournament. They went deep to into the tournament last year. Uh they've got a more veteran coach. Like Nate hasn't. Nate's won Greg. some games in the tournament, but he's not Kelvin. Greg, sure. Auburn shot 16% in the second half, Greg. Don't. I, no, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not hey, selling as, any. As coaches always say, they don't pass out trophies at halftime. I'm not selling any Houston stock relative to, like, big picture. Like, Kelvin Sampson, of course. Love the guy. I think he's arguably the best coach in college basketball right now. Love the roster in general. But you're telling me if we actually get to an Alabama-Houston game, Roll the ball out on the court. Dudes versus dudes. There's not a huge caliber difference between who Alabama's got versus who Houston has, even if they're fully healthy. No, we saw it. Houston beat them by six. It's a two-possession right. game. Right. And I'm taking the revenge of that. Now, if I can get Alabama. Can, but, but it's I'm a toss-up. But it's a like toss-up. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like, to, you know, that game right. can swing either That's, way. Okay. Like, what's the spread on that game? What's the spread of that game, Greg? Uh, well, I I would say this six point win. Brandon Miller was zero for eight from the floor. That ain't happening. The game's again. also going to be in Houston if it happens. Well, the first one was in Houston when it happened. Marcus Sasser also had nine points. You think that's going to happen again? I think there's a better chance that happens than Brandon <laughs> Miller. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. I think they got more dudes. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm wrong. Those are the two teams. Those are to me one A and one B. Okay. Interesting. I'm just surprised after tonight's scare for Houston, we still feel that way. I Everybody has a scare. You, you almost want a scare early and, and to win and get through it because, uh, to me, you're going to play a bad half of basketball. Play it now. Don't be playing it when it gets down to it and you're playing better teams. Yeah. I Like, I hear that. But, like, again, Brandon Miller's 5 for 17 tonight, had zero points their first game, and they're coasting. Like, I'd rather have a team that's doing think, that while not playing great. I think Houston can play a bad half because of how they play. <laughs> like, they're they're going to be physically dominant at some point in the game, right, on the glass and defensively. And so I think they can afford to play. And then they have options to score. It's not Virginia where they, they don't, you know, they struggle. So they, they can afford it, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if UCLA can afford it. Maybe they can or. Alabama, you know, can they afford to play a bad half? You know, I don't, I don't know, uh, because they shoot a bunch of threes and and kind of how they play. So, I think it's just style of play. Like Houston's a team, if they play a bad half, they can come back and shut you down and make you play a bad half. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. All right, uh, well, we could only be so lucky to actually get that matchup. 
if we get it in the national championship game. So uh, for college basketball fans everywhere, I'm rooting for that at this point. But once again, my bracket is busted. So I have nothing else to root for. The Big Ten's dropping like flies. And uh, I just want to see the two best teams play, if I could get that. Dagan, what else we got going in the chat? Anything else? Uh, I'm going to give hey, you this. Big 10's down to two teams. Well, hold, on, hold on, hold on here, Jeff. Teams. Hold on here, Jeff. That's, that's where I'm going next. I'm going to give Greg two minutes. He asked for this last night. <laughs> he, and we didn't give it to him last night, so we're going to give it to him right now. He gets two minutes, and then after this, we're going to go to our toast. We're going to get out of here because we've got a whole other day of basketball tomorrow. So we're going to get out of here. But I'm going to give Greg his two minutes to comment on Purdue and everything that he wants to say about those Boilermakers. Obviously, Jeff and LaVal, feel free to jump in wherever you like. But I have a funny feeling you're not going to get a word or two in here. So go ahead, Greg. You got got two minutes from right now. I appreciate this. I did. I was emotional last night. I was taking loud victory laps. I wanted a public victory lap. Uh, Like the, the person that I am, I slept on it. I think I'm a little more calm and collected now than I would have been last night. But I will share some thoughts, some words on these Boilermakers. Let me preface this by saying I don't enjoy saying what I'm about to say. I love Matt Painter. I think he is objectively one of the best X's and O's coaches in all of the sport. I think he is maybe the nicest coach that I've had any sort of interaction with in my time doing this. Love him. He's now lost to almost every single seed in the NCAA tournament. And I know the NCAA tournament is a fickle monster. But to lose to a 13 seed, a 15 seed, and a 16 seed in three consecutive tournaments with Jaden Ivey and Zach Eady together on two of those teams and Zach Eady as the national player of the year consensus on the third team against the smallest team in college basketball? That's unheard of. There has never, ever in the sports history (laughs) and never will be again in the sports history A series of three results in an NCAA tournament for teams that talented, losing to teams that have such a gulf in talent. And again, I wish that wasn't happening, but let's just acknowledge that this happened. The truth about this year's Purdue team, though, guys, which is why I said I was out on them a month ago, is there have been red flags. This team was a horrible shooting team. And anytime we tried to talk about that on this network or outside of the network, the the response was, Well, yeah, they don't make them, but they should be shooters. They never were shooters. Fletcher Lawyer shot 32% from three this season. And he's the only guy on the team that was shooting a bunch of attempts per game. So, like, I get it. Edie was fantastic. Anytime this team saw a press, anytime this team saw guys that just wanted to get in their backcourt's shoes for 40 minutes, they were horrible. There were signs of this all year. And they, quote unquote, ran through a Big Ten that 90% of the teams play through the post and don't put any pressure on you ever and play your style. And Matt Painter deserves credit because he's built a machine to dominate that conference. But he has not built a machine or found a way to move his puzzle pieces around to find any success when it matters when he goes up against someone that does not play Big Ten basketball. So that's my thoughts. Purdue fans. You were very mean to me in West Lafayette. You hurt my feelings. And I had a little bit of joy at your expense last night. I'm sorry. I hope you turn it up next year. But for now, take a seat, Boilers. Boiler down, my friends. All right. Can I Can I be a – let me play devil's advocate for you a little bit here. And here's what I'm going to tell you. When I went to Arizona, uh, there was a guy named Lute Olson as the head coach. 
before your time, Gregory. But he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall no, of Famer. I know Lou Dawson for the record. Okay. He <laughs> lost in the first round three of the four years I was there. East Tennessee State, 14 seed. Santa Clara, 15 seed. Miami of Ohio, 12 seed. You ever heard of Chris Mills? I've not heard of Chris Mills. Okay. You ever heard of Khalid Reeves? No. You heard of Damon Stoudemire? Yes. Okay. Those guys were on that team. Sean Rooks was on that team, the late Sean Rooks. These were fucking dudes. Right, Val? Pros. Pros. Dudes. Now, again, Lute had been to Final Fours already. He had been to Final Fours with Sean Elliott and Steve Kerr already. So it's a little different than Matt Painter. But he lost three of four years in the first round to a 12 a 14 and a 15 with legitimate pros with a lottery pick and Damon Stoudemire with, with Sean Rooks who played in the NBA a long time. Miles Simon was on the, the team that lost to Miami of Ohio. Okay. So all I'm saying is like, it happens. And a couple of years later, you know what Lute Olson did? He won a damn national title and that put him in the hall of fame. So things can change. I'm not saying again, Matt Painter's going to win a national title. Here's here's my my shouldn't have lost FDU. Obviously, I, it's an awful loss. I'm not making any 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 excuse for that loss. He's got to obviously get more athletic dudes. This was a a team that was flawed in some ways because they had a freshman backcourt. They didn't have enough guys who could break guys down, and he's got to get more NIL again. Not to be able to beat an FDU. Because you should be able to beat FDU with no NIL. But to be able to compete with some of the other big boys, you're going to need, and they did, they're getting some NIL. So I, I guess my point in all this is even Hall of Famers can lose games to 13, 14, 15 seeds. Tony Bennett, last I checked, won a national title, and, and, and he's lost a couple bad games too. Yeah. No, I, I know it's happened to – you can go through Hall of Fame coaches. Yeah. Almost every single coach has had stretches. If you isolate a three-year career, Tom Izzo has. Coach K has. Yeah. Like, I promise you, every single coach has. But Painter doesn't have the other side of that coin yet. Not and yet. I don't know that he's ever going to have another National Player of the Year center like Zach Eady. I think Zach Eady is – Those guys so don't win in the tournament right now. We've seen that. Well, Right, but the, the, so that's an indictment on Painter, though, Jeff. If that's how he's going to build his team, the last decade, every Purdue team is centered around a seven foot four dude who's awesome and destroys the Big Ten. But you just said it; it doesn't win in March. Well, Jay that's Nivey, not going to change. Yeah, Jay Nivey was centered around Jay, Jay Nivey last year, and, and obviously it was a disappointment they lost to St. Peter's. I, listen, I think there's a place for 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 big. I I think unfortunately, again. They can be exposed, and and I don't know what you think of this, Val. You've been pretty silent through this debate. Um, or two. The other part I'll say with both Tony Bennett and Matt Painter, who are both getting crucified today, well, Val, two of probably the cleanest coaches in college basketball, correct? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Great, great A. Both of them, great A. You know, it, ultimately it is – it's – it's just your guards. I mean, you guys say it all the time on the show. Yep. It's not as complicated. Lute Olson won the national championship, national championship because 
Mike Bibby got older and <laughs> he was maybe Simon Dickerson. Yeah, Bob yes. Simon got better <laughs> and, and, and Michael Dickerson was there. Like, and so uh, it's, you know, don't know, overcomplicated when paint had, he was in an elite eight and Carson Edwards was the dude and they had Virginia beat. And then Kihei Clark, who threw a really bad pass the other night, threw a tremendous pass that night. He doesn't throw that pass, paints in the final four. Right. And it's that slim of a margin. But, you know, he he had a point guard. I would say point guard that was dynamic. The Big Ten ha- doesn't have a ton of those. Like we had Trey Burke, dynamic point guard. We played in the final four. Yep. Aaron Williams, dynamic point guard in the Big Ten, played in the final four. You know, you could probably get a short list of those in the Big Ten. Um, what about Jaden Ivey, though? Like, where does Jaden Ivey fit? Not a point guard. He's not but a he was guard. he was the best guard in the country last year. They lost to St. Peter's. The, like, he's not a point guard. So when they get pressed, he's not making the decisions. Like, you know, like that's the, the deal. Ty Jerome, he's not dynamic, but he's a heck of a point guard. He was. So they took the L. And Ty got better, and they got better, and DeAndre Hunter was healthy. So I, I think it's not super complicated. You know, that the Braden Smith's really good. Fletcher Lawyer's really good. Um, but those when you got those those smaller teams, and and the and again, like you said, Greg, they don't see that often. So it comes into uh, you know the guards ability to handle whatever, uh, especially guys your size that are just as quick as you. And that, that became an issue. You know, I, I didn't think they just missed shots yesterday. Like, you know, Florida, I thought fairly big. It was just a nightmare matchup, a nightmare matchup. Cause easy has to guard somebody on the perimeter and that's not where, <laughs> and so that's a nightmare matchup on that end and fairly Dickinson, give them credit. Just like Princeton, they played with a, an extreme confidence. I mean, they looked like they were supposed to win in the first minute of the game. So did Princeton today. Like they looked like they knew they thought they were supposed to win. So Paint does an awesome job, man. Uh, you know, if you've got he's 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 done a heck of a job. He's been there 18 years. And and because of who he is and how he's done it. And um, they'll be back and they'll at some point have a breakthrough. I don't know when, but they'll have <laughs> they'll have it at some point. Yeah, even despite my criticisms, I do want to say. Uh, I have seen Purdue fans questioning if this should still be Matt Painter's job. That's ludicrous. He's right. absolutely the coach. There's There should not even be the thought to entertain that as a conversation. But, um, yeah, I just I, – I draw the line. I, I raise a red flag when we talk about that was a horrible matchup or something. I get it. Like, I, I thought Tobin Anderson coached a great game. He made everybody but Edie beat him. This team was the 353rd best defense in the country and right. is the smallest team in college basketball. They lost to Hartford. Hartford Nightmare. was so here's So here's what I'll tell you, though, Greg. I remember seeing, and at being at EYBL, Jeff, watching um, the, the the team out of Memphis with James Wiseman, number one player in the country. Yeah, yeah. Playing team takeover. Yeah. Team takeover's got I Justin. I was there. Oh, I was there. Team takeover. You were there. Jim's going crazy, yeah. right? They got Justin Moore. They got – Hunter uh, against Wiseman and Baycott. Yeah, they, they got Justin Moore. They got Baycott. But – uh, who's the guard he committed to? He was at Paul the Six. He committed to North Carolina, ended up transferring. I can't remember his name. But they got these little guards, Greg. I sat down. I couldn't tell James Wiseman was the number one player in the country the whole game because they couldn't get the ball across half court. 
because TakeOver just pressured the heck out of him. James Wiseman is really good. I'm watching him in NBA right now. He had like six points that day and did not look like much. It wasn't his fault, right? It was their guards weren't good enough to handle the team takeover guards. And so you can have a really good big guy you want. Well, <laughs> you they know, missed, Purdue missed um, Nigel Pack, Tyrese Hunter, because and it, Yeah, and it's not necessarily a miss. Like they, 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 the way the game went yesterday, they needed multiple ball handlers and decision makers. But all I'm saying is, what if you had a backcourt of, you know, Tyrese Hunter and Braden Smith? Yeah, it looks different. It looks a lot yeah. different. Tyrese, so, you know, Hunter gives him that athleticism. They didn't <laughs> have in the backcourt. They didn't have that that dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, the word is multiple, too. When we rip on Braden Smith or I rip on Braden Smith, like Braden Smith has been tasked with doing everything anytime yeah. that, scene, that team has seen pressure. Um, they gotta, they gotta fix that in the future. Otherwise, I mean, who knows what Edie's going to do? Uh, you would think he has professional opportunities. You would also think he is a good candidate. If there was ever going to be a large NIL offer made to return to school. Um, I don't know. I don't know what his motivation will be, but, uh, it will be a transitional moment for the Purdue program whenever he leaves, because he is a generationally unique, special talent. His development also give painter credit for that. I mean, what he is gone from as a freshman to what he is now is absurdly impressive. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm, I think they're going to look back on that three-year run and look at the dudes on their roster and look at who they lost to. And they better find a way to get one at some point because God, man, that's, that's a crazy, crazy string of results. Um, all right. That was, that was my monologue. All right, Jeff, like now that the top flight guys can go G league, you know, whatever it's called, and uh, they go to Ignite or, you know, so now the gap's clo closed. It's like, yeah, and not closed. The COVID, closed, and the like, COVID year has closed then. You got this year, you know, you got guys in their sixth year, somebody yes. right. Yes. Find that with, you know, Scoot Henderson and some of these guys, they're not playing in college. They're playing, you know, in a different league. So, you don't, you're not seeing it. You see a, a portion of the top 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 guys yep and, um, no it's all it's all kind of to me it's a perfect storm of all this right it's it's some of the top guys going overtime elite in g league it's the extra covid year which allows you to you know, have 24 year olds on your team going up against you know duke's freshmen who are 18 you know 19 years old and then the portal which is a complete i mean you know right now it's a complete crapshoot Right. Like some guys are saving that Jeff Capel won the portal. Micah Shrewsbury won the portal for every one of them. There are guys right now that, that are out of job because they didn't win the portal. Yeah. So I just think when you get to the tournament in the landscape of today, it's anybody's ball game, man. Uh, you know, he, Brandon Miller makes a difference because he came to college. If he went to overtime elite and he wasn't at Alabama, we would we'd be talking to we'd be singing a different song. Yep. For sure. All, All right. right I Dagan. have one. I have one more. We're gonna keep it very quick and we're gonna keep it on this game. Is this the I guess the great is greatest the word? I don't know, or the best is like this the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history of this game. Is it does this trump UMBC over Virginia? Yes. Hundred percent. It does, but I think the shock value isn't as high because UMBC was the first 16 to beat a one. And since then, we've seen St. Peter's go on their crazy run. 
and now again this. So I I just think like like Val said, like the gap has 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 closed a little bit, right? I mean, these dudes at FDU came over with Tobin Anderson from the D2 ranks. They've been with him, they're older. So it's it, it just it's it's shrunk the gap. Yeah, it's it's I would say, you know, there's just no out. The difference is, you know, you could Virginia can say, hey, well, we didn't have DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> like, so if play it back and you know, there's no if we have him and everybody's healthy and it's you know, we're now it might be a different game. It may not be, um, but you can't you know, you can't say that in this one necessarily. They had a hell of their guys. Part, the craziest part of the FDU thing still is that they lose to Merrimack. Like they didn't win their, their league tournament. They should not have been here except for a dumbass rule transition rule, which, which you can't even play in the NCAA tournament. Your first four years, I was going to go to that, that Merrimack game. It's like 20 minutes from my house. I was going to go to that Merrimack FDU game. And I'm like, I didn't feel great. My wife was yelling at me. Don't go just, you know, you won't feel better for the big 10 tournament. Now I'm like, damn, I can't believe I didn't go. What, yeah. what what made it was was Tobin in the locker room after the first win. Oh my god! <laughs> like that made the game. It's like, yeah, you had to come out and at least play well, even if they didn't win. Like <laughs> they, because you, you know he said that and he was confident, and then you know you thought why not call your shot, Val? Why not call your shot? <laughs> Nobody's gonna remember if you get blitzed by fifty. It's not like anybody's like, hey, you remember that guy who 16 and seed who said he was going to be like, call it, man, because now it goes down in history. Not only did you win, but you called your damn shot. Yeah. All time iconic moment for sure. Um, but yeah, just to reiterate, this Fairleigh Dickinson team finished third in the Northeast Conference, which is the lowest rated conference in the entire sport and has the 10th worst defense in college basketball this season. There is no comparison between what UMBC was six years ago versus what this team was. But give them credit. I mean, they're playing great right now. That's all that matters. That's all people will remember. So, all right. Thanks, Dagan. Thank you for the question. Thank you for entertaining uh, my very rude monologue I needed with Purdue. Let's do toasts and get out of here, gentlemen. Jeff, who you want to toast to? I don't even have a, um, a drink now. Uh, I'm going to toast. I am going to toast. To one Rick Barnes, he gets a lot of shit for not advancing in the tournament. Um, I mean, think about it. Texas goes for the first time in, in 15 years to the Sweet 16 today uh, on the same day that Tennessee gets there. And they do it without a point guard, without Sakazi. Everybody wrote them off, right? Nobody had Tennessee. Nobody who follows the sport had Tennessee going to the Sweet 16. So uh, Rick Barnes, to me, Really one of the good guys in, in college hoops. Um, and also maybe the biggest prankster in college hoops. Uh, I'm going to drink to Rick Barnes. I'm sticking with the coach's theme, Greg, and not Mitch Henderson, but Rodney Terry. I just, I'm going to keep, keep giving my man his flowers while he's doing the job that he's doing. You know, just tremendous to go to to rally the guys to get them to this point and get to a sweet 16 and, and still going. So I'm going to Rodney. To Rodney Terry. Current and future Texas head coach, by the way. Um, all right, I'll go the player route. If you guys both go coach, I feel obligated to throw a player out here. How about Devo Davis? 
I mean, a guy who has been much maligned at times in his career, ups and downs, certainly. Tonight, he was phenomenal. 25 points, 9 for 15 from the floor. Uh, He had that stretch where he just went totally on fire. I mean, Kansas had a 2-3 possession lead, and Devo scored three straight times on his own, off the dribble, all three levels, every which way you could think of. He was fantastic. And Arkansas has dudes. Devo was one of them tonight. He was the dude tonight for the Razorbacks. So, Devo Davis, cheers. All right, boys, great show. Uh, Thank you to everybody for sticking with us. We know that was a long one, but there was a lot to get through tonight. Uh, We will be back tomorrow night after the final day of games from the first weekend in the NCAA tournament. For Jeff Goodman, for Laval Jordan, my name is Greg Waddell, and we'll see you back here on After.